Hello and welcome to the Life Church Audio Podcast. We hope that you find these messages encouraging, life-giving, and ultimately get you closer to Jesus. Enjoy the message. We are in our series of Proverbs. I've got one more week after this in Proverbs. And, and as I said last week, I've had so many people tell me this has been an amazing series of practical application. Um, I didn't have anybody say that last week. <laughs> because it is so practical that sometimes it's offensive. Sometimes it's upsetting and it's hard to hear. And um, I don't have to say to any of you, overindulgence is a problem in the world right now. People overindulging, it's, it's, the, it's the hallmark of our culture is consume more, all-inclusive. All, uh, on, the, on the cruise we were on, it's so amazing. So the food is all-inclusive, right? So you can eat as much as you want. Um, but then the only thing that's included on the cruise we were on was water, coffee, and really bad lemonade. Like the first, I think they did it on purpose. The first day the lemonade they served was like, oh, it's terrible. So then they want to lure you into buying a package where you can drink as much as you want of anything for only $38 a day. Um, yes, yeah, so, yeah, per person. And if one person in your cabin takes it, everybody has to have it because they know that you're going to share the, the, it around the table. So it's not just buy one and sneak the other ones in for free. It's you have to buy it for everybody. Now, in my mind, okay, you know, we're on a cruise. Um, it's beautiful. I don't just want to drink bad lemonade and coffee. So we bought the drink package. Now, the first thing I get up in the morning when I got up, I'm thinking, I'm going to have to make up that value, $38. So I kind of priced it out in my head, how much of what I have to drink to get to $38, because they are not going to steal any money from me, right? So, but then they, and we were thinking, man, this is probably going to be a scary cruise, because if it's $38, people can drink as much, as oh, there's going to be a lot of drunk people on this boat. Uh, a lot of people walking around thinking it looks like the boat's moving, but it's not. We're actually anchored, right? People swaying back and forth. And thankfully, there was none of that. Very grateful for that. But we live in a, in a culture where, where we lure people in with consumption. Um, come eat as much as you can. Drink as much as you can. And the, and the problem with that is it's, it's, a, it's a problem because it creates addictions. And Proverbs... And the Bible is very clear about this. The, the Bible speaks about gluttony, the lack of self-control, greediness, overconsumption, out of control, greed. It is a problem. It is society's most acceptable sin. But it's also society's most deadly sin. And I'll show you in a bit why. So this is a very needed subject. Self-control accountability, responsibility. It's not words we hear often in the media. We'd love to blame other people for all our problems. And the reality is you are responsible for your body. There's a story about, about Ed and Helen. Um, they, they went to the county fair. Um, and this is a dad joke, so just be ready for it. Uh, they went to the county fair and there were helicopter rides for 50 bucks. And Ed said to Helen, I would love to go on a helicopter ride. And Helen said, Ed, 50 bucks is 50 bucks. It's too expensive. Can't do that. And being a good husband, he said nothing. 
Next year, the fair came around again, and the helicopter ride was still 50 bucks. And he said to Helen, Helen, I really want to go on this helicopter ride. And she said, Ed, 50 bucks is 50 bucks. And he agreed. Next year, he goes to the fair again, and this time, the pilot of the, of the helicopter hears Ed having this conversation with his wife that he really wants to go on this ride, and she says, 50 bucks is 50 bucks. And the pilot says to Ed and Helen, okay, so what I'll do is I'll take you on a free helicopter ride. But here's the condition. You are not allowed to make one noise, not one sound. If you make any noise or any sounds while we're on this ride, then you have to pay me the 50 bucks. And if you don't, the ride will be for free. They said, no problem. They got on the helicopter. The moment they took off, the pilots started doing evasive maneuvers, you know, up and down, around, and everything else. And they did not make a noise. Eventually, the pilot landed, and he turned around, and he said to Ed, Ed, that was amazing. You guys did not make a noise. Ed said, I was tempted when she fell out in the first five minutes, but I decided 50 bucks is 50 bucks. <laughs> self-control, right? That's ultimate self-control. Thank you for laughing for my dad joke. I'm very, very thankful. So Proverbs calls the areas, some areas of our life um, where we fail the lack of self-control. One of the areas is called gluttony. And gluttony refers to an appetite that cannot be satisfied. Um, it is a hole that we try to fill. Um, many of us like, uh, try to fill, fill that hole with eating. And it's, it is amazing. Some people try to fill it with drinking. Some people try to fill it with, with social media, with, with everything. There's a hole. And the reality is the only person that can fill that hole is God. You can try and stuff as much as you can in there, but that hole will not be filled. So the first reason... Why we want to get a grip on self-control um, is what we looked at last week. We said your body is a temple. Now, for most of us, when we look at our bodies, we don't think temple. Um, some of us thinking is, you know, this thing is in pain. This thing is, is tough to live with. But the Bible tells us the Bible, your body is a temple. It's a temple. It's, it's not just a tent it's not just a temporary thing that you are in. It's not a tenement. Your body is not a trash can. Your body is a temple. A temple. That's kind of a mindset. Just where you are, close your eyes and say, my body is a temple. My body is a temple. This is the way we should think about it. Now, as you get older, you can start to see where you failed in treating your temple the way we are supposed to treat it. Some of those regrets come way after Unless we've got the mindset that I have to treat my body as a temple, you're never going to do it. What did they do in the temple? They worshipped, they praised, they served, they fellowshiped, they um, prayed, they helped, they cleansed it, they kept it clean. So your body is a holy place, and you have to look at your body that way. It is a temple. Do you treat it that way? Therefore, if our body is a temple, I have to say to myself, I will treat my body that way. I will do whatever I can to honor this dirt body that God gave me. I will not neglect my body. And this is where God dwells. His presence is in this temple. This is what I worship with. Jesus cleaned out the temple, and it's important for us to understand that we have to clean it out also. We said last week, Solomon, after he built the temple... He employed 38,000 men to clean it. 
It was a, to keep it clean, not just to clean it, but to keep it clean on a daily basis. This is important for God. So we have to do everything we, everything we can to make sure our bodies are clean. The second affirming truth, and I want to say this is a positive truth, is about your body. Your body is a holy place. Number one, it's a temple, but your body has a holy person. In fact, that's, that's the reason why your body is a holy place. It's because of the person that lives inside of you. It's the Holy Spirit. Jesus said in John 14, speaking of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth dwells with you, and He will be in you. So you have to think, unless we think about it, your body, where you are right now, do you know that God lives in you? Like your viewpoint of your body should be raised a little bit higher. It's not just this is my body. This is your body with God dwelling in you. So our body is a holy place. It has a holy person. Now, now we host a, a lot of people at our home. Um, last night, uh, we, we had some people over also. And, and I think over the six years that we've lived there, if I have to make quick calculations, I think we've, we've had approximately between five to 10,000 guests in our home over the last six years. How are you doing? No, no, I was a little bit different. We've got the church over often. But, but we, we, we host a lot. We invite people into our home a lot. Do you know what comes with that? A lot of cleaning. <laughs> a lot. Not just before, but after also. There's a tremendous amount of preparing because who wants to go to, as a guest, to a place and you walk in and you're not sure where to touch? Because everything is so, it's so, dis you've got a, a guest that lives inside of you who you should honor. I remember moving from South Africa. In South Africa, we had people that cleaned our home. And what they did in South Africa, the house cleaners, is they cleaned the house. It's completely different here. Here, we clean the house for the house cleaner. I was like, the first time we had somebody that came over to clean the house. And I was like, we got to clean the house. I'm like, what's the purpose of the house cleaner coming then? But, but the fact of the matter is, we want to present our lives to people in such a way where they are not scared to come close to us. How are you honoring your body? Not just for the people surrounding you, but for the one who's living inside of you. Let these verses sink in. It's in verse 20, 19 and 20, 1 Corinthians 6. Do you not know that your body is the temple? Okay, we did that. Of the Holy Spirit who is in you. Those are the two things we just spoke about. Whom you have from God. And you are not your own. Listen to that again. You are not your own. You don't belong to you. For you were bought at a price. You were bought. God paid a hefty price to get both you and your spirit in one package. Vince Harper said it this way, salvation is free, but it's not cheap. You cannot say, I own my person. I'm, I'm just my own person. I'm just me. I'm, you know, I'll do me. You do you. You do you. I, I'll do me. You do you, I'll do me. You don't have to tell me how to do me. There's a problem. When you enter into the kingdom of God, 
you lose the right to say that. And not for your, it's, it's not a, to set you back, it's for your benefit. You lose the right to say, you do you, I do me. The moment you enter into the kingdom of God, it is, I do you. Whatever you say, that's what I do. Because you were bought at a price, an expensive price. You're not your own. So if you are not your own, it's important for us to think that my lifestyle choices and preferences should reflect that. The things I do, the things I eat, the things I drink, the things I say, the amount I do, what I do with my body, it reflects you not, it should reflect you not being owned by you anymore. I'm now God's. Think of your body as a city. This is very practical. He speaks about it all over the place. Your body is a city. Now, in ancient times, what they would do with the city is they would put walls around the city. Um, and the purpose of the walls were to keep the bad guys out. They don't want any bad people to, to go out. And the other purpose of it was to, to have the people, the ones that are inhabiting on the inside, to keep them safe. So they had walls all around the city for its protection. And in those walls around the city, there were gates. They had city gates. And the gates were monitored 24-7. Somebody monitoring what is coming in and what is going out. Who's coming in? Is this going to um, cause the people who are inhabiting the city to not be safe and feel safe? Then we're going to keep them outside the gates. So it's to let certain people in and keep others out. So think of your body that way. You have gates. Every single one of us, we have gates. You have the eye gates. You have the ear gates. You have a mouth gate sometimes. See, you open your eyes and you let images in. You let things into your eye gates. And it's a choice that you make in deciding what you're going to let in. Um, be very careful what you look at. Men and women. In the past, they used to say, especially men. No. Men and women, be careful what you look at. What are you fixing your eyes on? Protect the city by the gate. Your body is a city protected by the gate. Uh, you have ear gates. Be very careful who you are listening to. What, are you, what, is your, your, um, what are you consuming day and night? What news are you listening to? What reports are you listening to? Are you listening to what the world says regarding situations? Or, or are you listening to God's word? Are, are you Man, I, I was shocked. I um, coaching softball this year for 14-year-old girls and telling them that they can create a playlist of their music for when we do warm-ups. And, and we did that for two games. They had the music playing. And as I'm listening to this music, it is vulgar, like sexual, ugly. And I'm not old. I know good music. Frank Sinatra, Barry Manilow. You know, like, yeah, I know good music. No, now I, I listen to music. I, I love good music. But the, the vulgarity in the music, talking about 
their bodies in such a disrespectful way. And what they don't realize is they are allowing things through their ear gates. You have to put a guard by your gates. Then be very careful with your mouth, mouth gate. What words you let out, but also what do you let in? What are you consuming? Make sure you are protected. Set up guardrails. We're talking about being usable. Why, why do we do this? Because I want to be usable as long as it is physically possible by God. Make sure that your body is well-tuned instrument, that you are doing everything you can. You know, we have some people in our church that have gone to doctors to figure out why is my body not functioning the way it's supposed to function? And when they receive the insight, you've got a choice. Am I going to follow the insight that I've received and make see the changes in my body or am I not? And, and it's so important. You can choose what you want to do with your body if you're going to follow a good direction. Because gluttony, according to an article, and, and this is what very serious, um, it lowers and devalues your quality of life. Quoting from it, it says, Obesity is a health hazard. It's a risk factor for such serious health issues as type 2 diabetes, high blood pressure, unhealthy cholesterol levels, heart disease, stroke, uh, breast, uterine cancer, gallstones, infertility, joint problems, back pain, just, a few, just to mention a few. It's facts. That's where it leads. The same article says the following, obesity currently causes 2.8 million people a year their lives in North America. Cost, 2.8 million people a year. Every year, 2.8 million people die because of obesity. Not to mention the emotional scarring, the depression, the low self-esteem, and the loss of identity that comes with it. Worldwide. 4.7 million people a year die because of obesity. Drug use, which is directly connected with self-control or the lack of self-control or overindulgence. It causes 11.8 million deaths a year. Lack of self-control. Smoking, alcohol, drug use. Uh, just to give you a little bit of a perspective on this. So COVID-19 over the last three years, if you calculate how many people have died directly or indirectly from it, they would say 6.3 million people over the last three years have passed away from COVID-19. 6.3. It's terrible. We don't want that. Obesity. 14.1 million people passed away from that. Drug overdose, alcohol abuse, 35.4 million people. Do you, you know what the real pandemic is in the world? And instead of going and finding ways to battle, to help people, to get self-control, to bring good dis disciplines into their lives. To, we, we open up drug houses where we can help them shoot up. We open up places where people can just, just feed their addiction, but at least it's safe. 
The real pandemic is, is the lack of self-control. Just combined between obesity and drug use, 49.5 million people a year die because of that. So you've got to guard your body. You've got to guard the gates. God has something to purchase us um, so that we can have the Holy Spirit live inside of us. He, he had His Son die on a cross on our behalf. So we are bought with a price. And that is the third part of, of having a healthy body is understanding. Number one, your body is a temple. Number two, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. And number three, you were bought with a price. Well, what's so amazing about this price that we were bought with? So, so now you are not your own. You, you are God's now. You are God's. So in being God's, it's like benefits. Uh, when you work for a company um, and they give you a compensation package and you want to see, okay, so, so how are you going to pay me? Well, this is your salary. Okay, do I have any benefits? Yes, you've got dental. You've got medical. You've got life insurance. Fantastic. Yeah, retirement, great package, right? So when you are bought with the price for Christ, you need to know with that package comes incredible benefits. One of the programs God put in place for us as His children is a program called healing. It's part of the package. When you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, now because you are part of His family, healing becomes a program that is available to you. It's yours. You just have to apply it. Pray for your body for healing. Are you praying for healing for your body? Pray for your body for restoration. And then take the responsible steps towards it. Don't just pray for healing. Start living towards your healing. There is a responsibility that is yours also. Yeah, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing, but God, I pray that you heal me. <laughs> don't do anything. Eat, eat, eat. Drink, drink, drink. Sit on the couch. Don't exercise. Go for a walk. You want God to, to start restoring your heart, your breathing, your system? Start looking after this body of yours in such a way where your prayer life and your actions actually match up. He bought your body with a price that you can be everything He's created you to be. Now the last one. This is the fourth position of truth towards your body. And, and this is key. This is why. Why do you want to do all of this? Because your body has a heavenly purpose. doesn't matter how old you are. I want to say this again. In God's kingdom, there is no such thing as retirement. doesn't matter how old you are. You have a heavenly purpose. God's given you a purpose that He's called you to. Um, in verse 20... Is the, is the word, therefore. It says, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Now, Paul is such an amazing writer. Paul, Paul writes, and he has this logical way of thinking. He would say, stuff, 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 stuff. And all this stuff is therefore. So that. So, so, so there's a whole thought process on how Paul writes so the therefore is the following. Because God gave His Son 
to buy you a place so that you can become a temple that His Holy Spirit could live in. Therefore, our responsibility, your responsibility, my responsibility is to glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. In other words, your body should be a billboard for the glory of God. That's a hard one. My body should be a billboard. What do billboards do? Nothing. They just stand there. But what's the purpose of a billboard? <laughs> Advertising. Thank you very much. Yeah. So, so billboards have a purpose. They are to show, to, to um, point you in a direction, to give you instruction, to, to maybe... Uh, get you to become curious about, uh, there's different reasons. It's advertising. Your body should be a billboard for the glory of God, for those around you, for people around you. Your body should be a billboard for it. Now, I, I have to say this again. Please hear me. This is not about physically the outside, what you look like. It's, it's not about that. It is about the fact of taking responsibility for whatever conditions you might have. Because I know there are medical conditions that many people struggle with. I am aware of all of that. I don't want to say that it's not real. I know all of that is there. But besides that, you've got to do the best you possibly can with what you've got. And when you do that, you become a billboard for God. Because you honor your body. Honoring your body means you are honoring creation. Now, I know you've heard this before, and I don't think many of us understand really what it means. It says, glorify God. That's a biblical-sounding term, like Christianese. Sounds like a Bible phrase, a phrase Christians would say. But what, what does that exactly mean? Glorify God with your body. What does it mean? Let me give you some real practical things which I think it means. It means your mouth, which is part of your body. It means your mouth can preach the gospel. That means you are glorifying God. It means your hands can help the needy. That means you are glorifying God. It means your feet can go to the lonely. That means you're glorifying God. Your ears can listen to the brokenhearted. Your lips can smile at the oppressed. Your eyes can give attention to the forlorn. And in all these ways, when we do these things, we are glorifying God with our bodies. And you are telling the world that God loves them and God cares about them and God is for them. He's not against them. That's how we glorify God with our bodies. Now, when I start thinking of my life this way, when you start thinking, okay, God, this is how I want to live my life. And this is where a lot of people struggle because most of us in 1 Corinthians 6.13, um, that one verse, it says, food for the stomach and stomach for foods. If you were here the first time we started speaking about this, that scripture meant that everything is for my pleasure. Most of us in this world live for things that please us. What's going to be pleasurable to me? What am I going to enjoy? What's going to be something for my pleasure? And, and I think the slogan should actually be something different. But, but let me just tell you about the people in Corinthians. So there was a whole Greek school. There was an actual school um, in the Corinthian area. 
And, and the leader of the school was Epicurus. And his followers were Epicureans. And they had a philosophy. And the philosophy was the following. That the sole purpose of life was enjoyment. Therefore, only do things that you can enjoy sensually. Enjoying food. Enjoying drink. Enjoying all these things in access as much as you want because that is the purpose of life. But when we become Christians, that changes. That's a worldly view regarding life. I'm going to show you why. The slogan for our lives, I think, for my body should be, My body for His glory, my lips for His glory, my eyes for His glory, my ears for His glory, my whole life for His pleasure. Now, here's the irony in all of this. When I live for His pleasure and His purposes, I find pleasure and I find purpose. It's funny how that works. The more you give your life away, Jesus says, the more you gain. It's funny, it's so, so opposite to what culture is saying. It's so opposite to, to, to the way we are taught in the world. The more you gain, the more you gain. Right? The more I've got for me, the more I've got for me. The more joy you are looking for, you will discover greater joy in living God's purposes to please God. Your joy will be fulfilled in that, not in searching for joy. The worship team can, can, can come up. See, most of us live this way. You do as you please, and the less you do, and the more you do as you please, the less you are pleased with what you do. But the reverse is true also. The more you do as He pleases, the more you are pleased with what you do. I don't want us to leave church today and just think, okay, so, um, you know, I, I have to go on a diet and an exercise program. That's not the purpose of the message at all. It's not. The goal of this message is accountability for every single one of us. To say that God's purposes for me is to glorify Him. Now, I don't know what your mountains are. I don't know what things you are struggling with. I don't know what, what uh, addictions you might have or struggles you might have in your life. I know there are many in this body. And there are many of them in people who you are surrounding yourself with and friends and family members. I know there are many people who struggle with this. But I do want you to know that your life can look different when you start applying His principles. So, so the, the tough question to ask is, how do we overcome gluttony? Lack of self-control. It's not an easy question to ask. And it's not an easy answer to give. Because here's the thing. It will require work. Yeah, we're going to pray. Because you're going to give God access into your life. But with that prayer comes work. And with that prayer comes self-discipline. And with that prayer comes a plan. And with that prayer comes 
support. You're going to need support. And with that prayer comes accountability. Now all of that is available. That's available outside the church. It's available inside the church. There are people here that would surround you on your journey of what you want to go on. Because if your journey is you want to glorify God with your life, I'm convinced there are people here that will get on board with that and help you in any way they possibly can. But it starts. And it continues. And it will never end with you. You're the only one that can make that decision in your life. I want to glorify God with my body. So that we can be a billboard for, for our king. I want to say again, no matter what your mountains or your battles are, no matter what your addictions are, you can do this. You can. Solomon gave us practical steps on, on how we can do this. Say yes to God. Say yes to His Word. Start making those changes because God's got an incredible plan for your life. So remember, your body is a temple. What do you do in a temple? You worship, you pray, you praise, you serve, you love, you give. Your body has a holy person living inside of it. Man, I'm going to do everything I possibly can to clean this place out. And that's part of the Holy Spirit. When He comes in, the first thing He says to you, listen, all your sins have been washed away. You are clean from sin. But hey, now that I'm living here, I am noticing that under the rug in the kitchen, you swept something. And you think you can just hide it. I want you to clear that out. I want you to cleanse out that body. Those things that people don't see, those things that you are hiding, the things that's, that people aren't aware of, I want you to be a billboard that represents me accurately to everybody. So the Holy Spirit that now lives inside of you is not there to, to condemn you anymore or to bring guilt into your life. He's there to tell you, I've paid for that, I've paid for that, I've paid for that. You can get rid of that. You can get rid of that. You don't need that anymore. You don't need that anymore. You don't need that anymore. We were bought at a price. And we are to live for His glory. Amen, church. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us on the Life Church Audio Podcast. If this message spoke to you, go ahead and share it with your friends and family. And let's get the Word of God into the lives of more people out there. For more information about us, go to thisislifechurch.com. And remember that we can make a difference by loving people.